Today is June the 8th. Did discrimination exist in Jesus' time? Let's find out together as we look at the Jewish-Gentile divide of the first century. As we look at the first century, one of the first things that we notice is Israel is occupied by uh, the Roman state. Being occupied, it was not uh, a popular thing, and it caused some incredible discrimination to take place. The discrimination took place on both parties. Jews hated Greeks, Greeks hated Jews. The whole story begins about four centuries before Jesus' time, when Alexander the Great of Macedonia took over as a young man and yet a very capable general. He began to conquer territories throughout the world. He conquered most of the known world and brought to that world all the way from Greece to the Indus River of India. He brought to that world one language, the Greek language. It became a common language. Everyone in that realm spoke their native tongue and Greek. He brought a common culture. Now, one of the ways he did this was by creating a culture that was very eclectic. When it inhabited a new area, it would absorb that culture into its own and then transmit that to the next area. One of the ways that Alexander the Great conquered so many territories is that as he took over nations, he didn't exploit them. He allowed them to continue to rule, asking them only for soldiers. He added those soldiers to his own army and they set off together to conquer new lands. Uh, he treated his army very well, and uh, as a result, uh, he was very successful and had very few mutinies underneath him. But he died young. He died in his early 30s, probably of malaria, and his kingdom was so large, no one individual could control it all. So the kingdom was divided essentially into five parts. Macedonia still existed on its own, and then four other kingdoms were erected underneath him. In Palestine, it, it uh, was placed on the border between two kingdoms, the Seleucids and the Ptolemaeans. Ptolemaeans in Egypt, Seleucids in Babylon and Assyria. Um, this took place from the 3rd to the 2nd century. Uh, these kingdoms were not quite like Alexander. They sought much more to control and subdue nations that they were in charge of. As a result, they were oppressive, trying to bring to the countries that they um, commanded a consistency across the board. One of those consistencies that they sought was a religious consistency. They wanted their religion to be followed wherever they went. You can imagine 
how that went over in Israel. Not very well at all. As a result of that, in the second century and down into the first century BC, we have what's called the Maccabean Revolt, when um, Israel, a particular family, the, the Maccabean family, led Israel to fight against the Ptolemaeans and the Seleucids, whoever happened to be in charge at that time. Rome, in the first century, we're now around the middle of the first century, um, conquered much of the territory that Alexander the Great had conquered, not quite all of it, but it controlled quite a bit of it. And like Alexander the Great, they were somewhat uh, eclectic in absorbing uh, culture with a minimum of cultural transmission. Um, Rome, in one sense, was appreciated because wherever Rome conquered a country, it brought affluence. What it brought was trade routes. Local people could now trade with the Roman Empire, and goods were transmitted through uh, the roads that Rome built. Uh, Rome brought protection. Uh, Rome controlled piracy, and it, it would uh, arrest brigands, uh, land pirates. So it brought some level of protection and security. It brought justice, and the justice that it brought was fairly similar to the justice that's presented in the Old Testament. But the Roman Empire imposed heavy taxes on its subjects. Those were not popular. Um, quite a few of the taxes, uh, there was a tax on goods, so that crops that were grown, fish that were caught, 20% went to the Roman government. There was an income tax. It was about 1% of a person's income went to the Roman government. And then there was a citizenship tax. Whether you were a citizen or not, just the fact that you lived in Roman territory meant that you would pay roughly one day's wage per year to the Roman government. Now, all of these taxes added up. And as a result, um, Rome was unpopular. The other thing that Rome did is, uh, in, in differing ways, uh, certain Caesars would try very hard to impose their religion on the countries that they had subdued. And particularly the Caesar cult. They would try to impose Caesar worship on the different nations. Caligula sent a statue of himself to be erected in the temple in Jerusalem so that his adoring subjects could worship him. Um, the governor, recognizing that those subjects were not so adoring, hid the statue in a closet and uh, never let it be seen in the temple. What this causes is a growing degree of hatred 
and isolation between the Jewish community on one side and the Roman community on the other. On the one hand, Romans were by and large urbanites. They came from large cities in Rome, in what today we would call Italy. The largest city in Israelite territory was Jerusalem. Every other city was just a village. So Romans looked at Jews as country bumpkins. Jews looked at Romans as city slickers. <laughs> the Romans looked at themselves as religious people because they had a pantheon of gods. They actually referred to the Jews as atheists. Why? Because when they went into their temple, there was no God visible. There were no images, so they said they must not have any God. They called them atheists. Jews, in looking at the Romans, applied every negative thing that the Old Testament prophets said about worshiping idols to the idols that the Romans had. Rome was the law. Whether through the Senate or through the army which was, which was subject to Caesar, Rome enforced its version of the law. And as a result, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Galilee, there were a number of rebels. People who rejected, they lived not so far after the Maccabean Revolt that they had forgotten about it. They lived thinking that the Maccabees could return. This is why Herod married one of the Maccabean girls. He tried to equate himself with the Maccabees as he ruled. Other rebels said, we are in the, uh, 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 the image of the Maccabees. In fact, it was fairly popular in Jesus' day to talk about not one, but two messiahs. The Old Testament talks about a messiah from the tribe of Judah. They also talked about a messiah from the tribe of Levi. Why? Because Judas Maccabees, the leader of the Maccabean revolt, was a priest of the tribe of Levi. They said, he'll come back. He will also be a Messiah when he comes. There was incredible division between the Romans and the Jews in Jesus' day. And part of the challenge of the new church was that both Jew and Gentile were coming to the Lord. Two parties that hated each other. But suddenly, they were coming together. And their leaders were saying, we must learn to live together. We are one body. We are united. So my question for you today, what divides us in the church? What in the church separates us? from each other. 
Do we have cliques in the church? Special groups that we meet with and no others? What do we need to do to change that? Please like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional. Send your questions to questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll talk about divisions that existed inside the early church.